Stetson Baptist Church. How's everybody doing today? Yeah? Everybody have a good Christmas? Yeah. All right. Just by a show of hands, just by a show of hands, who's ready to worship the Lord? Yes. Amen. Come on, let's go ahead and stand up. Let's do it.
Let's continue to worship. And how I long to breathe the air of heaven where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets to look upon the one who bled to save me and walk with him for all eternity. Good morning, and hey, Happy New Year's, y'all. Thank you so much for, for joining us for it. My name is Brad. I'm the pastoral intern. Really excited that you're here. Just want to come up and give a few announcements. First of all, if you could check in for us, please. That's always appreciated. 
You can see that info right behind me. You could just text the church's number or fill out the blue card in the seat right in front of you. It's just a way for us to stay connected. New Year's kicking off, and we have a lot of things going on at Stetson Baptist, and we just love to keep all y'all up to date with it. My only other announcement is that we have a Night to Shine volunteer training Sunday, January 7th at 5 p.m. If you've never been a part of Night to Shine, it is an opportunity where we throw a huge party for special the special needs community here at this church. It is so much fun. Uh, but we have a, a required training that goes with it every single year. So if you want to help out with Night to Shine, you've got to come to this. Or you could just watch the video afterwards. But, I mean, I like a lot of y'all, so let's hang out together on January 7th, right? All right. Let me pray for us. We'll continue in worship. God, thank you for the year. God, thank you for every day you give us breath. Lord, I, I just pray that every day we, we full it full, use it fully for your glory and your honor. God, that our, our breaths just speak your praise. God, that our actions and our lives reflect your son, Jesus, and what he's done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen. Romans 5, 8 says, for God demonstrated his love. God showed us his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, showing us that love on the cross at Calvary. We want to show our love for him today by singing his praise and proclaiming today in this place that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Would you stand as we continue to worship together?
your name and we give you all the glory that you are due. Lord, you are an awesome God and we praise your name today and we proclaim that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father in your name. Amen. Would you please be seated?
that was over. <laughs> Good morning. Hey, welcome to church. Uh, Pastor Dan is on a much deserved and needed vacation. And, and so my name is Pastor Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, hi. <laughs> it's kind of awkward. A couple hundred people here. But um, I am glad to hang out with you guys this morning and dive into God's word. Let me just say before we get started, uh, Dan, Pastor Dan doesn't take vacations often. And he doesn't miss a Sunday often. And so no one gets to say what I'm about to say. We have an incredible pastor, okay? And I mean that as, I mean, he's my boss. That's kind of weird. <laughs> my boss is great, um, but he is. He's a great pastor. I've served with a lot of, a lot of men in my, in my tenure as a pastor, and he's special. And so we need to honor him, love on him. And when he gets back, tell him how much you missed him and how bad I did. Okay, that would be awesome. Well, this has been an incredible year, and I want to take a moment. We're going to recap some things that have happened over the last 12 months and then talk about something very special, and that is our 53rd Sunday offering. And I'll get to that in just a second, but just kind of what's happened this last year. Uh, we as a church have hosted countless, and I mean that countless community events. We've had uh, community chorus groups, orchestras. We've had uh, city meetings here on this campus. And I say that because I believe that, at least in my tenure and probably further even back than that, there have been more unchurched people come on this campus than in my history here. And that's really exciting. That's us using this newly renovated space to God's glory, and we're very excited about that. Last year, about February... We hosted a Night to Shine event where we had a prom with people for special, with people who have special needs. And we had a wait list of VIPs who wanted to attend. And that was a really special time for our church to celebrate and have such a special event for those, those VIPs and their families. And over this, this last year, we have partnered with Volusia County Schools. And through that partnership, we have had teachers here doing meetings and workshops at our church almost every day of the week. The reason that's important is because Volusia County Schools doesn't have a lot of places for trainings. And we opened the doors of our church up so they could come and they could have meetings here. And we could encounter them and talk to them and love on them um, like a church should. And so that's been very, very exciting. Speaking of schools, our very, very own Stetson Baptist Christian School has had an incredible year with great enrollment. We have some special announcements coming soon. I found out about this morning, but that school is doing so good. The ministry of the church to our school kids is very, very exciting. We've seen great things happen there. We have given away, and I mean this, countless meals to our community. If you think back last year, early, earlier this year, we gave out, we actually packaged 60,000 meals to give away. And then on top of that, we give away uh, bags of groceries through our pantry and through other benevolence needs. So it's been an incredible year for us and our benevolence ministries. Through our partnership with the city of Deland and a ministry called World Changers, we painted 18 houses over the course of one week this summer where we had teenagers from all over the country come and paint 18 houses in the Spring Hill area. That's amazing. And those homeowners loved it. And so we have that scheduled for next year as well. We've had camps, we've had Bible studies, we have Christmas lights, which I hope that you got to uh, enjoy. If you haven't, tonight is your night, because tomorrow night, they turn off. So we've had Christmas lights here, and that's been enjoyed by countless, countless families, which is really exciting. We've had, we have experienced a growth rate that exceeds the growth rate of our community. It's natural for a church to grow as your community grows. And we all know the land, the, the land community is growing. And we have exceeded that number, which is really exciting. And that was experienced last Sunday on Christmas Eve, where we had two very, very, very full services. I hope you got to be a part of that. But something happened on Christmas Eve that most of you guys don't realize, that since my tenure here of the last seven years, and as far back as I could go, that was our largest attended service, like at one service, so Christmas Eve services, that was our highest numerical service we've had in at least the last seven years. So God's doing some incredible things through our church. But most important of all, more than the, 
the lives, like the houses painted and the meals given, we have seen many, many, many people profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior for the first time. We've seen people baptized. We've seen families brought together. And that's exciting stuff. And that's because, it's not because of Pastor Dan. It's certainly not because of me. But it's because of you guys. It's because of your investment in this church, your investment in your friendships, your sphere of influences. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about finances, because that's one of my jobs. So um, financially, the church is in great shape. We, we should exceed or at least meet our giving, our budget giving amount for this year for what we budget for contributions, which is very exciting. On top of that, we finished up the Renew Capital Growth Campaign, which paid for this facility, and we were able to renovate this space at no, with no loans. And that's all because of you. And today, we're taking up a very, very special offering that serves two purposes. It's called our 53rd Sunday offering because we're really original. This is the 53rd Sunday of the year. So it's the 53rd Sunday offering. And this offering is, is not going to necessarily go back to our budget unless you designate it for that. Today's offering goes and supports two different causes. First, we have some maintenance issues in this facility that we need to knock out. This, this building here has a flat roof, and we have to replace that flat roof. The reason I say that, it's not fun, but it leaks, and it's very expensive. And so today's offering will go to support that. It also helps support a future growth opportunity, potentially with an elevator that will double our adult small group space. And so the half of today's offering will go towards some needed things in our church. The other half of today's offering goes to ministries outside of the church. First off is One More Child. Just so I know who I'm talking, who knows what One More Child is? That's great. I get to tell you all. So One More Child is a ministry of the Florida Baptist Convention. And what they do is they do foster care. They do um, shelters for children, shelters for women who are escaping um, trafficking and things like that. It's one of our one of my favorite ministries that we as a church support. And we don't just support them financially. Just back here, they have an office. And they have an employee here who works full-time. And her job is to help with emergency foster needs from the community to try to place foster children in an emergency situation. Our community is such that through a request from our local community, we are tripling the number of employees that are going to be working back here. So that means that this year there'll be three full-time employees with one more child working out of our church to impact the foster needs within the land and the community in West Volusia. That's very exciting. So we're going to be supporting them. Another one is Grace House or Coastal Choices, the Crisis Pregnancy Center. So a portion of that money collected this morning will support them as well. And we love Grace House or Coastal Choices. That's their new name. We love the ministry there. We love what God's doing through those situations as they minister to mothers and fathers going through um, pregnancy crisis situations. We'll also be supporting the Fellowship of Christian Athletes of West Volusia. We love what they do. It's a small organization, and anything we do can help them. And so we're going to support um, the FCA in our community. We mentioned World Changers. We're going to be helping make sure that we have enough resources available to paint houses this summer. We hope to do up to 20 houses this summer in Deland through World Changers this summer when they come on, on our campus. And finally, as a church, most of you guys don't know this, but we have a, a counseling center that meets here once a week, and they provide inexpensive counseling opportunities for families who need it, uh, children up to adults. And so we as a church pay a portion of that counseling to help offset those costs. And so some of this money will be set aside for that and for other benevolence needs at needs of a church. And so that's what we're doing. And I will say this, everything that we give this morning, unless you designate it otherwise, will go towards that ministry. Um, if you would like to give, you can do it online or there's boxes outside the door as you leave. Now, I, I would be remiss, typically at this church, we don't pray at this point, but I feel like this is something we should pray for, pray for these ministries, and pray that God would bless what God is doing there through those 53rd Sunday offering recipients. So if you don't mind, let's pray and ask God to bless what's happening there. Father God, I thank you that as a church, we have the opportunity 
to invest in our community, invest in other ministries. And God, we pray that this Sunday, as we collect this offering, that you would be honored. And God, that lives would be changed and that eternities would be changed because of the gifts of this church as we try our best to be for delay and be for our community. And God, we pray that you get all the honor and the glory for that. Father God, we love you. We pray that you bless this time as we dive into your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, church, I hope that you had a great Christmas. Um, my family, I'm from Oklahoma. I am a Sooner. It was not a good week for us. It was not a good week for some of you all as well. And so I am, uh, my family came in town the week before Christmas, and we celebrated Christmas together, and we had a great time. But I'll tell you, I have a 9-year-old and a 13-year-old girl, 9-year-old boy and a 13-year-old girl. Christmas has changed. Some of those traditions that we celebrated when they were younger, they've changed. And, and so back whenever... Years ago, I would we would give things like Barbies and Paw Patrol toys, and and those were a lot of fun. I didn't play with the Barbies, but I played with the Paw Patrol toys, and and those were those were good times. But things have changed in my household. My thirteen year old is more interested in skincare and cosmetics, and I I, I don't understand that. We went around a shopping outlet yesterday, and she took me from store to store, looking at all these creams and jellies and smelly stuff and I'm no idea but that's that's my life my, my son has gone from playing with cool toys that shoot things to to tablets and stuff I, I can deal with that but but things have changed you know December 25th is a phenomenal day it's so much fun the reality of December 25th is it literally lasts 24 hours it lasts 24 hours. And then we're left with, well, what's next? Can I, can I tell you what happens? Too often we let what the what, what's next is define us instead of us defining what's next for us. We live lives where things just kind of happen. We go into 26, and many of you, I saw it off of social media, you're like, this is the weirdest week because you had Christmas and New Year's, and we don't really know what's next. And you wind up eating too much food and sitting around and watching too many TV shows like we did. And so the what's next? We need to be more intentional about next year. We need to define our lives more intentionally as we go throughout the year. And in so doing, honor God. Well, I want to back up just a little bit. Last Sunday, we talked about Luke 2. We talked about the shepherds. We talked about the miracle of the birth of Jesus. And I could, and I want to continue that sermon topic this morning, and I could read for you Luke 2, but I'm not near as fun as the kids from Stetson Baptist Christian School. This last, last, during their Christmas concert, they showed a video of the kids reading Luke 2. And so rather than me reading it, I'm going to let them read it. So let's, let's watch the kids from Stetson Baptist. said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior which has Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swollen clothing, lying in a manger. Praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, as the angels were going away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now. Let us 
Bye bye bye. Let us go now, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the babe, I love it. See, that's that's better than me talking, singing, singing those words. So that's that's fun. So here's the story. We end this this gift. God has given the world the gift of Jesus Christ. That's where we end that story there. And the question is, what's next? Luke two seventeen. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. We're going to continue looking in Luke two. It'll be on the screen behind me, and it says, And when they saw it, they made known. That's talking about the shepherds. And when they saw it, they made known, saying that they had, that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen, heard, seen, as it had been told to them. I love, I love the story of the shepherds. In fact, if you look back at Luke 2 in these first 20 verses, you'll find there's more to be said about the shepherds than about Jesus. Now, it's all about Jesus, I realize that. But the Bible spends so much time about them and what they experienced in their story. The first thing I want to do is we look at this passage is they saw Jesus... And it changed them. Like, they saw him, and then we know through the rest of the text that it changed them. Look at Luke 2.17, just those first couple words there. And they saw it. You know, the reality is, Jesus changes things. When Jesus comes into your life, when Jesus, when you put Jesus into your, your thought process and the way that you operate and the go about your life, it changes things. It's kind of like, they take a rock and you throw it in a pond. What happens? It makes splashes, right? It makes waves. And over time, those waves start to wane a little bit and they kind of lose their power. In a couple of weeks, those gifts that you gave your kids or your grandkids or your, your, your friends, those gifts, the impact of those gifts are going to wane. They're going to lose their grandeur. They're going to lose the fun that was associated with those. When you met your spouse, the excitement and the joy that you had, man, that was huge. But what happens after a year, two years, or many more years down the road? You lose some of that excitement. Hopefully it's different and better. But you lose some of the excitement and just that anxiety that came with being around them. Um, When you have kids and they're babies, they smell so good and you hold them and they're precious. But what happens when they turn 13? They're not precious as much. They they smell, and not mine, of course. She's amazing. But as you have babies, it's just that love. And then as they get older, they become different. And then just think about that. When you got your first car, how excited you were to get your first car. And then a year later, you're picking fries up from underneath the seats, and it just loses its fun. That's why... In our lives, we need to be careful about that. If, if in, in the way that we respond to Christ, in our relationship with Christ, we need to be careful because that same thing can happen, where we become a follower of Jesus, and the and the excitement and the joy and and all that surrounds that 
can lose its grandeur. And that's why we need to be very intentional about investing in the routines of the faith, making sure that we're reading our Bible and doing those things so that way we can continually fall in love with Jesus, continually experience him in new ways. If you never change your seat in church, you probably should try. You'll experience Sunday morning from a different perspective. There's all sorts of things that can help you keep that relationship with God fresh. And that's things that we need to do. This leads me to the first question. I'm going to have four questions this morning for us to ponder. My first question is, th- is this. In your daily walk as a believer, what evidence of your faith needs to change or be enhanced for this upcoming year? As you think about areas in your life where you're just letting things just kind of happen, where do you need to put intentionality in place so that way you can be a better follower of Christ next year? Secondly, there's this. Go back to the shepherds. What do they do? They may known what they had seen or what they saw. In verse 17 there, it says, it continues on. It says, they may known what the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. Well, what did they see? They saw an angel. They saw the glory of God. We talked about that. The kids read that part. They saw a host of warrior angels singing. That would be really interesting to see. And then they see Mary and they see Joseph and then they see Mary, Mary, or baby Jesus. And they get a chance to talk to Mary and Joseph, hear their stories. And then they went from there, and we go back to verse 10, and it says, Fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all people. And so what the shepherds did is they went and told other people. They were the first evangelist. They were the first one to share the story of Jesus. Now, one thing we know about shepherds is shepherds weren't known for their style, their class. They were... They were oftentimes the lowest of the low, and they were the first ones to go out and share what God had done. As parents, I'm always amazed at what toys and what gifts my kids will tell my parents about. And so my nine-year-old, I gave him, we, we gave him some pretty fun gifts this year, I thought. But the gift that he told my parents about when she called or my parents called to ask, how was Christmas? What did you gift? What did you get? It was these Wolverine claws. That is plastic little glove that you put on and you shake it and the claws come out. And, and he ran around the whole house slashing me and poking me. And he was so excited about these cheap little Wolverine claws. That was the gift he wanted to tell my parents about. Those will break soon. I promise you, because <laughs> they hurt. <laughs> but when my parents asked him, why was Christmas special? What did you get? It wasn't the nice things we bought him. It was those Wolverine claws and this little droid that makes beepity noises, depending on how it feels. That's just weird. But that same zeal he has about the Wolverine claws, where he wanted to tell my parents what he got for Christmas is the same zeal we should have about our Christian faith. When other people give us the opportunity to tell them why we love God and who we are, that same zeal is what we should have. It's the zeal the shepherds had as they ran through the city, telling them about the heavenly host, warrior seeing guys that just showed up, and they saw the baby Jesus. And, and the crazy thing about the story of the shepherds here is as we look back in text, and we go from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there have been about 400 years where the prophets had been silent. Like there was nothing happening. And then an angel shows up and tells Joseph and Mary, hey, guess what? You're going to have a baby. They came to accept that because she was pregnant. And then the shepherds show up and they bust in there and, and they start running around telling him, guys, it blows my mind that the Savior of the world, God, used shepherds to break the 400-year silence of the prophets. He used the lowest people in culture and in society to be the ones that spoke for the first time to people. They were his messengers. And guys, if if God can use shepherds to be the ones to tell the world about the coming Messiah, guess what? He can use each one of us. Don't think God can't use you because you're not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough. I'm up here. I'm not pretty. Don't think, y'all laughed. That was not good. God can use you no matter who you are, if you're willing to set things aside 
and do what God wants you to do. For the shepherds, it was to run around the city and tell the whole community about who Jesus was and the coming Messiah. What has God got for you? How does God want to use you to tell his story? That leads me to question number two. Can you commit to sharing the good news more next year than you did this year? Can you commit to that? What does that mean for you to share the good news of Jesus more next year than you did this year? Continuing on, we see the third thing here. It says, others heard it and were amazed. As the shepherds ran through the city and they told everybody about Jesus, they heard it and were amazed. Luke 2.18 says this, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. This word wonder here is the same word for amazed or just, wow, I cannot believe that had happened. My fear is, guys, as a community, we're not amazed by much. In our pockets, we have a device that will give us access to anything that we could think that we need to access to. And on that same device, <clears throat> we can see some of the most horrific and difficult events in, in the world happen right there in front of us. We can watch videos. We can see posts that would have disgusted our parents and grandparents had they known we could see those things live. And I believe what's happened is because we are so we see so much things and we know so many things that we become jaded, we become jaded and calloused as people where things don't infect us or things don't impact us as much. When we hear stories about God doing amazing things, they, those things don't impact us as much as they used to or, or, or should. Just earlier, I talked about what we as a church have done. And let me say that again, what you as a church have done to impact our community for the gospel of Jesus. And I hope, I hope that that impacts you in a positive way. Because what happens is we as Christians have, a, have the tendency to fall into something very difficult. And we as a community, and that's the, that's the attribute of apathy, where we become apathetic to things around us, where things don't impact us as much as they should because we're exposed to so much. And apathy keeps us from feeling. It keeps us from being excited and joyful and happy about what God is doing all around us. I believe that Christian, apathetic Christians are one of the greatest forces against the church. Apathetic Christians are one of the greatest forces against the church. So what does an apathetic Christian look like? Apathetic Christians are more concerned about their comfort than their friends and neighbors knowing about God. Apathetic Christians place a high priority on their children's roles in sports and in clubs and less on being a disciple of Jesus. Apathetic Christians spend more time fighting about the nuances of tertiary theological issues than strategies to reach the world for the gospel. Apathetic Christians are more passionate about a hobby than they are the lost. When we lose our focus and take our eyes off Jesus, it's too easy for us to be apathetic. And what happens when we're apathetic is we become pathetic Christians. God has no place in his kingdom for apathetic Christians. And as a church, if we're going to impact our community, it can't, we cannot be apathetic. We have to be passionate. We have to be engaged. And our faith has to be a priority for us to impact us because if it's not a priority for us, it will not impact us. Where is your faith right now? What is your faith state? Are you coming to church because it's out of routine, out of just what I do? Or is it because you're desperately seeking a Savior that wants to change you so you can in turn show the light of the gospel throughout your community? Guys, there is no place in this church for apathy. It will destroy our church. How, how are you doing in that area? Question number three is this. Sorry, wrong page. What parts of your life are apathetic towards God? And how can you make them more energetic next year? I just want, I want Christmas to be more about the presence of Jesus than the presence we give our kids. I want the story of the incarnation of God on earth as Jesus to be something that drives us every day and not something that we just do on December 25th. And when December 26th comes, we move on to the next thing. We got to be intentional about our faith. And that leads me to the fun one. <laughs> the next one, they took, the shepherds took the hope and the joy with them. 
Verse 19 says this, but Mary treasured, <clears throat> but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and had been t- told to them. I love the image here. These shepherds, these guys, most of these would have been young men, um, definitely not clean, definitely very smelly, definitely been out all night, definitely not people of, that you'd probably want to hang out with. Here's Mary and Joseph. They just had a baby, something I've never experienced, but some of you have. And imagine you're, you're there with your child, and all of a sudden a group of young men barge into your room telling them about the angels they had just saw and they were filthy and they were nasty and they stunk and that's what that was like. This group of men ran in there. You won't believe what we saw. Did you see the angels outside? And Mary's like, I'm holding a baby. No, I didn't. I just had a baby. No, I did not see the angels outside. And so the shepherds just tell them about all the things that they had seen. And I have to think that Mary and Joseph, they sat there and said, well, about nine months ago, an angel came and told me. And now we just had this baby. What credibility? Imagine the credibility that Mary must have experienced and Joseph must have experienced at that moment. When these shepherds came in from the fields and it almost solidified their story. How would that have made her feel when she... I mean, now you've got a baby and you're questioning everything because now you've got this child. And then just moments later, a group of smelly shepherds went in and tell them about the angels outside. When they talk about the fact that Mary pondered these things in her heart, it was, it was reassuring to her that what this child was, was real. And for all of us, it should be reassuring for us to know that Jesus Christ died for us, and he is real. And I love what happens in verse 20 there. And it says, um, and the shepherds return glorifying God. Where do they return to to glorify God? They didn't go to the temple. They didn't go to church. They went back to the fields glorifying God. They went back to their everyday life. And there's a lesson here for all of us. See, Christmas didn't change what the shepherds did but it changed how they approached what they did. Your faith in Jesus doesn't affect your job, your family, and what you do, but it should affect how you go about doing that. And when the shepherds showed up on the field, they didn't just work, they worked and they glorified God. I would ask this, does your work glorify God? Does the way you go about your work glorify God? They praise God as they worked. And that's something that we could all probably learn. And, and the problem is, it's just like we talked about before. When you have a great event happens, it wanes. And for us, we need to make sure that we're protecting ourselves and that this joy that we have in our faith is not something that is not demonstrating itself every day. And that's why the routines of the faith are so important. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we actually did a sermon series on this. And some of those routines look like this. To make sure you don't lose your passion for God, you need to worship regularly. You need to come to church next year as much as you can. Every Sunday would be great. Um, You need to read your Bible every day. This needs to be part of your ethos and who you are, reading your Bible. Prayer should be just a part of your life. It should be something that you do every day. You're just constantly praying. You should fast regularly from something. You should give generously your time, your talents, your treasure to God's work. Because, I mean, the Bible spends more time talking about money than it does almost anything else. So make sure that you're honoring God with your finances. That you're sharing your faith with others around you and you're practicing community. You're getting involved in small group environments and you're loving people every day. It's these things that will keep us from our, keep our spiritual health going is if we invest in these over the course of next year. So my last question is this. What practices do you need to focus, focus on next year to strengthen your faith? Is there some, that list of, those lists of routines, is there's one of those that you can do better? Maybe not all of them, but what's one of them that you can do better next year in order to make a difference in your family and yourself and for the gospel? So I want to review these four questions really fast. In your daily walk as a believer, what evidence of your faith needs to change or be enhanced for this upcoming year? Number two, can you commit to sharing the good news more next year than you did this year? Question three, 
What parts of your life are more apathetic towards God and how can you make them more energetic next year? And finally, what practices do you need to focus on next year to strengthen your faith? See, we're all on this path, this spiritual journey. For some of us, this is your first Sunday at church and I'm so glad you're here and I hope you come back next week. It'll be, it'll be better. It is, oh, we're all on a journey. And, and this, maybe you come to church every Sunday and you never miss. But what happens is if we're not careful, we easily become apathetic. We easily fall into a routine where this faith that is going to define your eternity is something that you just let go and you just kind of go through the motions. So I want to take a moment. I'm going to pray for us and ask God to meet you where you are. Where are you on your faith journey? And what things do you need to focus on next year to make it the best year ever? Would you pray? Father God, we love you. I thank you for each one of these people. I thank you for their investment in this church through loving people, through uh, finances, through time. And God, I pray that wherever they are on their spiritual journey, that you would meet them and give them encouragement to take a positive next step next year. Keep us from being apathetic in our Christian walk. Keep us from just going through the routines and, and not letting this be something that defines us and drives us to be better. God, the world needs you. God, the world needs this church. God, the world needs all the churches. God, the world needs Christians who love you. And let that be what defines us this morning. As you're, as you're in that seat, in your seat this morning, maybe there's a spiritual decision you need to make. I pray that you'd have the courage to make that decision this morning. I'll be down front following service ready to receive you. Father God, get the glory for this time. In your name pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together as we worship and praise and proclaim God's goodness today. Amazing love that welcomes me the kindness of mercy
so good. 